Good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors of Horizon. Thank you so much for joining us this morning with Horizon at Home. Will you take just a moment and pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for the story of Christmas when Jesus came into our world and our lives to shine light and ignite change. For those of us this morning who are experiencing darkness in a real way, we ask you, God, to shine your light in our lives and in our hearts, to begin to ignite change deep in the places inside of us that we, we don't want to change. We want to keep dark and hidden from the world. Begin to change us, God, so that you can use us to be the people who you want us to be, the people who you see us to be, that we'll be people who shine your light and ignite your change in the world. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. Amen. There is nothing quite like Christmas to help remind me that I am not a very calm person. In fact, I am the opposite of calm 98% of my life. I am very concerned about everything around me being in perfect order, in perfect shape, and looking perfect. And there was nothing more obvious this in this past year than right before I gave birth to baby Will about a little over six months ago that reminded me I operate the opposite of calm 98% of my life. The night before I gave birth to Will, the night that I went into labor, I had Chris and his dad remodeling my bathroom. I had him painting the walls of my bathroom, hanging a new mirror because I wanted the bathroom in our bedroom to look perfect because baby Will was going to spend a few months sleeping in our bedroom and I wanted that bathroom to look good. I like it, it, yes, it doesn't make sense right now, but it made sense in that moment. And I was not calm. I was like, hang the mirror, get the walls painted. Let's figure out these flowers that'll look perfect on the bathroom sink. I was anything but calm. Chris is behind the camera right now shaking his head. Like, yes, that's how she was. Then nine days after I gave birth, I'd, I'd fixed everything in our house. It looked perfect. The toys were perfectly organized. The carpets were clean. The couch pillows were put in the, the just the perfect place. The kitchen is all, you know, neat and tidy. Everything is in place. And then I looked out the window. And for some reason, in the middle of the summer in Florida, we had went like three weeks and not mowed our yard. We had a nine-day-old at home. Like, what happens if he needs to go outside and play in the yard? We needed to mow the yard. And so I went outside nine days after I gave birth to mow the yard. I pulled the push lawnmower out of the shed, and I go to mowing the yard. I got the backyard mowed, and I went to the front yard, and I literally, guys, got two strips of the front yard mowed, and the 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 lawnmower died. I went inside and I was, again, anything but calm. And I was, I was not happy with Chris. The whole reason that this lawnmower had broke down in the middle of the yard was because it had been three weeks since we mowed the yard. And it had to be because the, the lawnmower had overworked itself. It had burned out the motor. That's what I was convinced of. So I told Chris, call your parents. They live here in town. Call your parents. I'm going to get their riding, their push lawnmower, and I'm going to finish our yard. So I get his truck. I go to their house. I get out at his house, and his mom's like, um, are you supposed to be driving yet? Like, why are you driving? And I was like, I, I just need your push lawnmower. I couldn't finish the yard, and we need to mow the yard. And she was like, okay, let me call 
David, her husband, grandpa, we're going to call him and he's going to help us get, get the lawnmower on the back of the truck. So we get this push lawnmower on the back of the truck. I bring it home, get it off the truck and I finish mowing the yard. All this nine days after, you know, having a baby and everything is well, right? All is well. The, lo the lawn looks good. The inside of the house looks good. Everything looks perfect. And Chris goes outside the next day to see if we need to go hit up the Home Depot special for another push lawnmower because our lawnmower, I've convinced him, has died. He puts some gas in it, cranks the lawnmower, and it works perfectly fine. In fact, we've continued to mow the yard just fine with our own push lawnmower since that moment. But I realized that I handled that situation in anything but a calm manner. Does anybody else do this? Like you get in the middle of, of something and you begin to react and react and react and react because everything has to be the way you want it right at that exact moment. I'm afraid that 2020 has been a year where that is how most of us have lived our lives, just absolutely in reactionary mode, some of it out of just pure necessity, and some of it because that's just what we've become as people who react, 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 we're anything but calm. And that's how I am at Christmas. I, I just begin reacting. I'm, I'm on Amazon getting the perfect gifts. I'm, I'm on at Nordstrom Rack getting, ordering the perfect outfits to, for these Christmas pictures I'm going to take. I'm, I'm just, it's constant making sure that everything looks well. And I'm living my life in anything but a calm state. And, and I, you don't experience joy or peace or hope when, when you're living the opposite of calm. And, and I sat down this week in this kind of mode, this just, I want everything to be perfect. I want Christmas to be perfect. Even in 2020, when it looks weird, I want it to be perfect. I want my life to be perfect. I want it to look great and be perfect. Maybe that's not what you're not calm about. Maybe there's other things going on in your life. But maybe if you sat down right now in this moment, you were like, you would be like, I'm anything but calm. And I sat down to prepare the message this week and I read a story about a young teenage unwed mother who's given news that her life is not going to look the way she thought it was going to look. And y'all know what? Y'all know what I took away from this story? Is even in that moment, she was calm. How, Mary? How were you so calm? And, and as I read this story over and over and over, God began to show me how you can be calm when things aren't turning out the way that you thought they are. Calm, C-A-L-M. We're gonna, we're gonna work our way through that acronym, CALM, today as we look at the story of Mary. If, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter one, verse 26, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth is Mary's cousin. She was unable to have a child. She then miraculously becomes pregnant. And in the sixth month of her pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings with you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled, so she wasn't calm to start with. She was greatly troubled at the words of this angel, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. Be calm. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great 
and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. If you want to respond to something not looking like you thought it was going to look like, the future not looking like Mary is pledged to be married. She's engaged. She's ready for a wedding shower and a beautiful wedding and buying a home and then having a baby, right? Buying all the perfect stuff on a registry and things aren't going to turn out the way she thought they were going to turn out. Things look quite different than they were supposed to. And the reason that she can be calm in the midst of that is because she allowed God to change the way she saw the world. God changed the way she saw time. See how Luke starts his gospel is he, he starts by saying in the time of, of Herod, king of Judea, that Herod was a terrible, awful king. Things were terrible in this kingdom. That It was awful. Things were dark and, and not fun. It was not great to be alive in this time. And this is how he starts out the gospel. But then when he gets to the story of Mary, something happens. He doesn't say in the time of King Herod when things were awful and dark. In 2020 when things weren't good. He says instead in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. That's how we hear about the story of Jesus. This is how we hear about Mary in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, when things were, were, were beginning, there was little glimmers of hope. God began to change the way that Mary saw, saw time. It wasn't in 2020. It was, it was in the year that I got to spend more time with my family, even if it was on Zoom or FaceTime. It was in the year that things calmed down and slowed down. It was in the time when things were different than we expected them to be, but there was still some glimmer of hope and light, and we were able to see it. God changed the way Mary looked at time. God changed the way Mary looked at herself. She was an unwed young teenager. Do you know what she began to think of herself as she began to realize that that's what she is? I don't know what she thought about herself, but it probably wasn't good. And this is what the angel says to her. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. The rest of the, the world may say something about you that's different than that, but you are highly favored. God has something special for you. For those of you who aren't able to be calm right now, can you change the way you see yourself? Because can you begin to see yourself the way God sees you? As a person who's highly favored and loved, a person that God wants to use to do miraculous and amazing things in the world. And then God began to change the way that she saw the world. Mary sings a song later in, in, this, in this chapter that she, you know, she finds out she's expecting, she, expecting Jesus. And she says, he's performed mighty deeds with his arms. He's scattered those who are proud in their, un, in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. It begins to change. Have, being pregnant with Jesus begins to change the way Mary sees the world. If you want to be calm, 
let it be okay that God changes the way you see time, the way you see yourself, and the way you see the world. Let God begin to change the way you are seeing things. Let God begin to change you. If you want to be calm, let God change the way you're seeing the world. The second thing is Mary acknowledged this was not the greatest news in the whole world. She acknowledged that before God. So if you want to be calm, you can also acknowledge things aren't great before God. God can handle it. God's big enough. And acknowledging that begins to acknowledge also that God is bigger than the problems and the things that we face. There is something bigger and more powerful than the things we are looking at in our lives. She, she acknowledges this. She says, how is this going to be? Mary asks the angel. She looks the angel right in the face. How is this going to be? I'm a virgin, right? This isn't how is this going to happen? This is confusing. I'm scared. In other places, we hear that, that Mary was greatly troubled by this greeting. She acknowledges how she feels before God. God is big enough to handle it. And if you want to be calm, acknowledge your feelings before God. God doesn't need you to pretend like you're happy and positive and have this great outlook on life. God doesn't need you to pretend. Acknowledge how you are and who you are before God because that will allow you to acknowledge a God who is bigger than everything we're facing. And there is something about that that will help you experience the world in a way that is calm. The third thing is listen Mary listened to God. In a world where when she walked from her house to cousin Elizabeth's house, every single person on the street were whispering things about her. You know what? She listened to this voice. You who are highly favored. You who, who I have something amazing for you to do. Listen to what this God, what this, what this Jesus, who, who's going to be born in you and through you, listen to what he can do. And she listened to that voice more powerful than the voices on the outside. For some of you, the reason you aren't calm is because you're not listening to God. What does it look like to spend time and get quiet with God? It's hard. It's hard for me to hear God when I'm moving at a pace that is way too fast and way too frantic. <sighs> calm down and listen to God. Listen to the truth God wants to speak in your life and over your life. Mary didn't rush to the next task. She didn't rush to the next thing. She listened to the angel who explained to her who she is. You are God's. And this is what God is capable of doing. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be amazing, right? For no word from God will ever fail is what, what he says to Mary. And the, the last thing that Mary does that I've realized is that the core of of making sure that I'm calm, is Mary focuses on the mission of God. So often when I'm not calm, it's because my attention is divided on every other thing. And Mary was able to focus on the mission that God had for her. Your only job, Mary, is to shine light and ignite change. And the way for you to do this right now isn't the way you expected, but it is, it is to give birth to Jesus. What is your mission? What is it that God has asked you to do to shine light and ignite change? When your attention is being directed and distracted in 900 other places, focus on the mission that God has for you and for the world. Focus on the ways that you can shine light and ignite change. This week, I literally, as I sat down and was preparing this message, 
and, and I realize God wants to change the way I look at myself, the, the way I'm looking at time, the way I'm looking at the world. As I looked at the ways God was okay with me acknowledging I'm not calm and I'm scared about the future, but, but that allowed me to acknowledge God's bigger than all of these things. When I began to listen to who it is God wants me to be, when I began to listen to God doesn't need me to be the best preacher, the best pastor ever. God just needs me to be the pastor to South Tampa, to people who are connecting to Horizon. That's all I have to do this week. I don't have to do 900 other things. And to focus on the mission to shine light and ignite change, I literally got on my computer and I texted my friend who's a chaplain at, at Tampa General Hospital and I said, what is something we can do to shine light and ignite change? What, how can our church live into our mission to shine light and ignite change right here in Tampa? And she said, the doctors and the nurses are real heroes, Erica. But there are people who've been overlooked. Not a lot of people have talked about the ways that, that the folks who work in, in environmental services and housekeeping are, are keeping our hospitals clean and running. That their shifts are busier than they've ever been. Their protocols are different than they've ever been. They are truly working hard. And so I said, what would it look like if we wrote them a, a kind note to, to let them know we appreciate them and are thankful for them and she said, what, what would it look like if you, could, if you could help provide some change for them to, to get what it is they need out of the vending machines in their break rooms? And so our church, over the next few, few weeks, is going to engage in being calm, and we're going to do Operation Christmas Change, right? We're going to let God change us by offering just the change we have to, to folks who are, are working in our hospital, in Tampa General Hospital, so hard and who've so often been overlooked. So we ask you to participate in this. Write a kind note to folks who are working in environmental services at Tampa General Hospital. Figure out, send me, send Horizon, info at horizontampabay.com. Send us an email and say, this is where you can pick up the card, right? And, and if you have some extra quarters, you can put in a, a sandwich bag that we could staple to that card and give to folks. Imagine. Imagine working a really hard and busy shift where your protocols have changed and you walk in and you pick up a note from somebody who says, thank you for what you're doing. When I'm overworked, this verse is helpful to me. When, when I'm anxious and worried and scared about the future, God has told me to be calm and I, I've acknowledged that God loves me and cares about me. What does it look like for you to write a note to somebody? who you don't know, that just says, we care about you, we love you, thank you for shining light and igniting change. And what does it look like for us to just give them enough change that they can have a bag of pretzels and a, and a soda in the middle of the day? What does it look like? What does it look like for us to shine light and ignite change, to not be distracted by the millions of other things that can scare us about the future, and to be calm right now, to listen to, to who it is God's asked us to be people who shine light and ignite change and who focus on a mission to do that in our community, shine light and ignite change like never before in our community. What if this Christmas we gathered with candles and we sang all is calm, all is bright in a way we've never been able to sing it before. This, this can be your story this Christmas. Trust your calm to a God who's ready to grant you hope and joy and peace.